0: Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known.
1: The gospel lesson for today is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. This can be found on page 992 of your Pew Bible. Two female disciples visit the tomb where Jesus was buried and find an angel there who shows them that it's empty. As they rush to tell the rest of the disciples, they encounter the risen Christ on the way. A reading from Matthew chapter 28, beginning with the first verse. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you see Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. I
0: vividly recall the eight-hour bus trip to Connecticut. It was 16 years ago, 16 years ago, when I boarded a greyhound bus in Maryland, headed for pivot ministries. The fear of leaving everything I always known was pretty intense. The uncertainty was even more the so. I was proposing going to a new life from my weirdly comfortable yet terrifying life of drug addiction to a life that I wasn't even sure existed beyond my addiction. And if that wasn't fearful enough, I was going there on a bus. The fear of leaving gripped me like a vice. I sat alone on the back of the bus. I felt so worthless. I didn't talk to anyone. I felt a big disappointment to myself, to my family, not to mention the guilt and the shame that accompanied the fear. I arrived in Bridgeport shortly after midnight. The bus driver called out the station. I just sat there for a moment, waiting for others to begin to move. No one else got up. I was the only one getting off in Bridgeport. The walk from the back of the bus seemed like the longest walk of shame ever. And as I walked that plank, it looked like all eyes was on me. When I got off the bus, I sat on my suitcase at the bus station waiting for my ride, and it wasn't long after a minute van drove up with the words, Pivot Ministries, we care on the side. A guy wearing a pivot shirt got out of the, got out of the van, and he asked, are you Richard? I said, yes, I am. He reached out, he shook my hand, and then he embraced me. Right there at the bus station, received just as I was, still covered in shame, still covered in embarrassment, guilt, still feeling the pain of my past and the fear of what lay ahead. He embraced me and said, you're going to be okay, Richard. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. In our text this morning, we see Mary Magdalene and the other Mary on a similar journey, one of fear and one of uncertainty. We're told they're on their way to see the tomb of Jesus. I can imagine that this was a fearful trip as they headed to the tomb on that one sorrowful morning. They could have probably used those assuring words that I heard from the pivot staff. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, saints, when they arrive at the tomb, they receive something even better. They encounter an angel, somewhat like the pivot staff. And the angel tells them, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. And then they see the empty tomb. And later, they see the resurrected Christ himself. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Saints, this morning, I have so many reasons to be thankful. I am deeply, deeply grateful for my own resurrection in Jesus through Pivot Ministries. Just like those women at the tomb, I thought all was lost. I was lost. But joy finally found me in the morning, saints. And on this Thanksgiving Sunday, today's scripture calls us to thankfulness. It calls us to gratefulness and to discover anew the joy of Jesus' resurrection. And then as I look at the text... I see three reasons, three reasons to be thankful for the resurrection, three reasons to be thankful for the risen Christ. Friends, despite our fears, despite our challenges, despite our circumstances, our doubts, even despite ourselves. We can be thankful today. We can be thankful for the power of the risen Christ. We can be thankful for the joy of the risen Christ, and we can be thankful for the hope of the risen Christ. Friends, we can be thankful for the power, the joy, and the hope of the risen Christ. Let us take a look at our first reason to be thankful, the power of the risen Christ. Follow along with me as I read verses 1 through 4. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Madeline and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the gods trembled and became like dead men. Friends, here we see the power of the risen Christ on full display. The violent earthquake that accompanied the angels' descent from heaven, this was no ordinary event. Even like the guards themselves, trained soldiers, completely terrified. It was a divine demonstration of power, a clear sign that something extraordinary was happening. Literally, the shaking of the world as the old order is replaced by the triumph of life over death. The rolled back stone demonstrates the power of Jesus' resurrection to overcome any barrier, any obstacle that separates humanity from God. Friends, we are no longer separated from God. The stone was rolled away. Not even a boulder could contain the power of the resurrection. And by the way, About that boulder, about that stone, the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out of the tomb, saints. (laughs) The stone was rolled away so Mary could go in so she could see what had come to pass. Amen. The power of the resurrection. Jesus was not there, saints. Jesus' resurrection is the ultimate victory over sin and death. By conquering, by conquering death and rising from the grave, Jesus provides a path of salvation. His resurrection offers the opportunity for reconciliation with God and to receive forgiveness of sins. Salvation is now inaccessible to anyone who believes in him and accepts the gift of salvation through faith, power of the risen Christ. And as we go on, next we see how the angel's message to the women further underscores the power of the risen Christ. Read along with me, verses 5 and 6. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. As he said now the message Bible states this more emphatically. The message Bible reads for he has risen just as he said, just as he said, he has risen. Jesus predicted his death and resurrection on several occasions. And now saints it's happened. Just as he said, there is power in his word. There is power in his promises. Friends. When Jesus speak, Things happen. His words are not empty promises or idle threats. They're powerful. They're effective. They bring about change. The resurrection power of God's word, it brings us from spiritual death to eternal life. From sinful to forgiven, from condemned to redeemed, it heals, it encourages, it transforms. The men at pivot. We read and we study the word of God every single day. Amen. Amen. It's the power of his word that brings assurance to a man who's seeking new life. Just as it did with me. It gave me transformative peace in my spirit that assured me it's going to be okay. Weeping that has endured for the night. It's the power that brings joy in that next morning. And that brings me to our second reason to be thankful. The joy of the risen Christ. Follow along with me, if you will, verses 7 through 8. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. So the women, they take this fearful trip to the tomb. They're saddened, they're discouraged. They arrive and they discover the empty tomb and the angel who tell them that he is not here, he's risen. And then the angel instructs them to go and tell his disciples that Jesus has risen from the dead. The text then goes on to tell them to go and tell the disciples. And it says that they departed quickly. But did you catch how they departed? It says they departed with fear and great joy. Fear and great joy. Now, I have to admit, when I read that phrase, fear and great joy, I became really curious. How does one feel fear and great joy at the same time? Is that even possible? I pondered it for a while and then I realized there's some real life circumstances where we experience that tension. For example, a mom and a dad expecting mom and a dad, the dad's pacing back and forth in the waiting room. He's experiencing tension between fear of the uncertain and the joy of what's yet to come. The expectant mother, she's in the delivery room experiencing the tension between not only fear, but pain as well. And the joy of holding her newborn baby fearful yet joyful or imagine a person navigating a career change they may feel fear about stepping into the unknown and leaving behind the stability of a previous job there's fear about financial security fear of needing to learn new skills or perhaps the fear of failure But alongside that fear is a sense of joy and excitement to pursue their passion, to embrace new challenges, to find personal fulfillment. The combination of fear and joy are coexisting. In our text, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they depart from the tomb with joy despite the fear and the awe at hand. The fear of the unexpected occurrence of the angel And the empty tomb, but yet filled with joy of the good news that Jesus is risen. Jesus is not dead, saints, but he is alive. And in our Christian experience, that same joy of the risen Christ is ours to experience. Joy of what is and what's yet to come. This very morning, you may be fearful of a bad situation that's going on. You may be fearful because things aren't quite going the way you thought. Everything seems to have gone wrong. Perhaps you're experiencing the fear of failure yourself. Or maybe there's a fear of life-controlling patterns in your life. Drugs and alcohol, unforgiveness, greed, ego. Friends, whatever it may be, sometimes we have to visit the tomb. We have to visit the tomb and discover it's still empty. He is not there. He is risen. It's at the tomb we experience the joy of the risen Christ. Hallelujah. Despite the fears at hand, despite the circumstances, friends, we can experience the joy, the joy of salvation, the joy of eternal life, the joy of forgiveness. The joy of reconciliation and renewed relationship with God. We can be thankful today. Thankful for the joy in the risen Christ. Now, let's take a moment and let's just look at this a totally different way. Journey along with me. Let's imagine it this way. Let's imagine that they go to the tomb on that sorrowful, forsaken day. There's no angel with a powerful word of assurance. They get the stone rolled away and they enter the tomb. And what they find is a dead Jesus. Jesus. Dead. Lifeless. His dead body still in the tomb. Dead. He promised eternal life. He gave us hope. We all loved him. Friends, if they found a dead Jesus, all their hopes and all their dreams would be dead too. There is no hope. There is no joy. The one they loved is gone. Oh, but thanks be to God, friends. They didn't find the body. Instead, they found something bewildering and joyful. An angel whose word encouraged them and the tomb with nobody. The tomb was empty. He had risen. And this filled them with joy. Friends, the empty tomb fills us with joy, even still today. There is joy. There is joy in the risen Christ. I recall again the night I came to Pivot and how joy filled me in the morning. I shared earlier that that night I came into Pivot I was really full of fear. But my greatest fear that night wasn't my uncertainty of my distant future, but rather it was the dread of what was sure to happen in the hours to come. You see, at this point in my addiction, 23 years, mind you, I was so consumed by darkness. I was such a slave to drugs. When I didn't use drugs in two or three days, I would experience the most horrific nightmares. Nightmares full of rage, purely demonic, full of violence. It was like clockwork. No drugs, nightmares. No drugs, nightmares. Tonight would surely be a night to see. So my biggest fear was the hours ahead. what would the guys think of me? Would I hurt anyone? Would I get hurt? I simply just decided I'd stay up all night long. That would at least fix it for that night. The staff completed my intake papers and then they offered to pray for me. Three of them stood around me, they laid hands on me, and they began to pray for me. And I have to admit, they prayed like I'd never heard prayer before. They were using words like resurrection power and break the chains of darkness and words of deliverance. It's pretty intense. Afterwards, they asked how I felt, and I said, okay. But truthfully, I felt the same fear that there would be a show tonight. So I went to bed that night with the intent of staying up all night long. Well, friends, that night, I did fall asleep. And I remember opening my eyes and feeling a stillness in the air. I wasn't quite sure how long I'd been asleep or even how late it was, but I do recall Turning to look out the window, and there was the familiar blue of sunrise. But that scared me as well. Because you see, daybreak was a prompt for me to go and get high again. But I quickly recognized the urge wasn't there. Friends, something happened that night. I made it through that night without having one of those insane nightmares. And I recall just lying there and tears of joy running down my cheeks. Saints, it's now been 16 years nightmare free. 16 years drug free. Weeping may endure for a night, saints. But joy comes in the morning. And friends, along with joy comes the hope. Which leads us to our third and final reason to be thankful this morning. Friends, there is hope in the risen Christ. Let's complete our reading with verses 9 through 10. And behold... Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. And behold, Jesus met them. What a showing words of hope right there, saints. Jesus met them. Friends, we see hope through the fulfillment of God's promises that we will see Jesus again. Amen. Amen. This gives us confidence that all promises of God in Christ are yes and, and amen. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, then there's no promise too hard for him to fill. This hope isn't just for this life, but this extends to eternity, saints. Jesus said, because I live... You also will live. Jesus lives, and our hope is not in a dead Savior, but in a living one whose promises to give us eternal life. And saints, this hope, this is the hope we have in the midst of our trials and our tribulations and our fears. There's no situation too dead, no problem too big, no mountain too high that God cannot overcome. We have hope to overcome our challenges, not by our own strength, but, friends, by the power of God at work in us. And finally, friends, this hope of the risen Christ propels us. It propels us to a life of purpose and mission. Jesus tells the women to go, to go and tell. In this Thanksgiving season, and every day for that matter, I'm thankful for the privilege of being a messenger, just like the women at the tomb, able to share the transformative power of the resurrection to the men of Pivot. Jesus saved my life. And in return, I can do nothing but run to tell my dear Pivot brothers the good news. Now, the privilege that I have now is to see the power and the joy and the hope at work in their lives, just like it is in mine. But saints, there's even a bigger joy today, a bigger hope that we can hold on to. The really, really good news is that the power and the joy and the hope, it remains available to every one of us. It was planned that way all along for Jesus to come to this world, die on a cross, raise up again, so that the power and the joy and the hope of his resurrection will be ours. He is risen. He is risen indeed, saints. Receive his power, receive his joy, receive his hope, and give thanks today. Amen. Amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how
1: you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.